Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code CORNERBOOTH for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats Official, official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. I'm good. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside our new guy today. Matt has, of course, got some uh, fiance-like duties, so he is off tonight. I gave him the night off. I didn't feel like being a dick and making him come on. Happy Halloween to all you uh, people walk, you know, walking your kids around, getting candy, stealing them from the bags, or you people drinking like crazy on a Monday night. I'm having maybe two beers, and that's it, because I went crazy on Saturday. And yes, Miami was part of the reason for it. But we got a great show. Join my, joining me is the new guy. Uh, I don't know if we're, gonna, we're just going to call him New Guy Mason for now because he's really not an intern. He's more of like our co-host. But we want to get him. We got we got to give him a nickname for now. So we're going to give him new, the new guy's term for a little bit. It's his second show. It's his first show co-hosting. I'm very happy he's here. Mason, buddy, how you doing? Doing great. Had a great weekend, made it down to Austin, Texas with some friends, and it was a lot of fun. Looking forward to another, you know, exciting week in sports, and we've got quite a few big games coming up. Oh, yeah, this week is going to be absolutely nuts. Not only do we get Miami FSU at the end of the week, which, uh, by the way, I'm going to be a rabid dog for that game. Everyone's like, do you want to come out with us on Saturday? I'm like, no. They're like, why not, Jared? I'm like, Miami, Florida State. I'll see you at 1045. How about that? <laughs> like, if I'm not and already passed out drunk from that game, I will I will Uber my way out there. And we're going to have number one versus number two, Georgia, yep. Tennessee at, mm-hmm. at 230. So we'll we'll really see if Tennessee is is up to the task and, and whether or not they're going to be able to sort of insert themselves in in a realistic playoff picture. I'm so proud of you right now because I was l- trying to alley-oop that for you and you hit, you slammed it home. I'm like, please bring up the game. Please bring up the game. Perfect. <laughs> That's why I lo- You know what's so funny? Somebody asked me, he's like, why don't you cut things like comments like that out of the show? I'm like, that makes it authentic. One of the things I tried to – well, I was, selling the show, I was selling the show to somebody once. I was like, listen, like, you, do you do any outtakes or anything? I'm like, I edit out like when our technology dies, when somebody says something they probably shouldn't say, that will get us canceled. Um, but besides that, like – 
I honestly let everything just the camera run. It's actually more entertaining. It's more fun. You get more of a generic, more of an authentic feel than just like a cookie cutter cut and paste show. Like podcast to me that edit and cut and paste doesn't feel real to me, but yeah, but like it was an awesome weekend in college football, pro football. It was fucking weird. I guess it was like more like, like back to business as usual. Like there was a lot of chalk picks that hit. I think it was almost all chalk picks that hit. I agree. Seemed seemed like the teams that were favorites and supposed to win kind of took care of business. And and we saw guys who maybe had a slow start to the season kind of maybe find their rhythm. You know, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Kamara, all really AJ Brown. AJ Brown, of course. You know, starting to starting to look like they are finding their form. Yeah. We'll talk about it, obviously, during the one-sense game. No top 10 today. I felt bad. And Matt's like, are you doing a top 10? And I'm like, nope, not without you, buddy. As much as I would love – Mason's top 10 debut will be next week when uh, I'll figure the fuck we're talking about. But, yeah, we're going to do a break from that this week. And, I mean, honestly, we could do, like, a top five Halloween candies. How about that? Sure. Yeah, we Let's could do, do that. We could bang that in five minutes. Um, starting off, though, we had a – what started off as a good game last night. It was fun for about 30 seconds. That Romeo Dobbs touchdown was nice. And then it just, you know, Buffalo just, just, but like, I will reiterate this again, folks. There are three good teams in the NFL, three amazing teams in the NFL. Buffalo, then KC, then Philly. But Jared, Philly's undefeated. I don't care. Our best win is stopping, um, my number four team, Minnesota, who's about forty feet behind Philadelphia. Then you have Dallas and Dallas and Dallas at I think at five, New York at six, and then you start getting like the Seattle's and the oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this, Atlanta's and um, Tennessee's, like those those teams that are like getting better, but they're not there yet. You're starting to see like I think Seattle's a legitimate team. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Buffalo last night, Mason, man, they were kicking on all cylinders. Like Jair Alexander, who is, in my opinion, a top 10 cornerback, no question, was getting absolutely cooked by Stephon Diggs, and it almost led to a couple fights on the field. And I just – the Packers look lost. Like, what did you think of last night's game? I I think you're totally right. It it sort of seems like Josh Allen is, is unstoppable. I don't know who is going to be able to stop him. You know, even though he threw for two picks – it just seemed like the Packers were never even in the game at all. But the score's misleading. Yeah, Buffalo's offense just – and honestly, their defense doesn't look too shabby either, um, despite having you know several injuries in the secondary. But, but Allen seems to be on a crash course for the Super Bowl. I, I feel like for the Buffalo Bills – the mentality for the rest of the season going forward has to be Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, on the opposite side of things, the Packers just seem to to be really spiraling out of control. And to me, they have to make a trade. You've got to make a trade for, for a receiver, whether that's a guy, you know, a high-profile name or just someone who you can get in the core. Um, and just kind of rely on and, and someone who can sort of make a connection with Rodgers because he seems – it sort of seems like with this group of guys around him, he just doesn't really have the confidence in any of them. 
So Green Bay's got a lot of things to figure out if they are going to, you know, honestly make the playoffs. One of the biggest things I've noticed with the Green Bay Packers, and you're totally on, but like he doesn't trust his receivers and he doesn't even trust like guys like Bob Tunyon anymore. Like I had Bob, so for fantasy wise, I was rooting for the Packers two weeks ago because I had no Darren Waller, no Hayden Hurst. I had to go get Bob Tunyon, and who was a touchdown machine? What a year ago, two years ago? I think it was two years ago. It was twenty twenty. But yet, I had to watch him basically do jack shit, and Rogers just lackadaisically hand the ball off or dump it off to checkdowns or try to attempt it to Christian Watson or freaking Romeo Dobbs. I get it. You're trying to develop Watson into a weapon and develop uh, Romeo Dobbs. But let's be honest. Devontae Adams wasn't an elite receiver his first year. Neither was Greg Jennings. I don't. Neither was Donald Driver. The Packers have always had a good – neither was Jordan Nelson. The Packers have always had a good receiver they've drafted in later rounds, but it's always taken a while to get them going. My, um, Matt LaFleur tried to microwave a good receiver, and it, that's just not – the NFL – after the Justin Jefferson, the Devontae Smiths of the world, the C.D. Lambs, all these guys who were just tearing it up their rookie years, he thought, oh, wait, or Jalen Waddle, another one. He's the, Jamar Chase, obviously. Sure. Like, oh, wait, those five guys all tore it up their first year. I can eat, even go as far back as D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown. Oh, these guys all tore it up their rookie years. It'll be so easy. We'll just throw one of these second-round guys in. That's not how it works, man. A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf were first-round picks. They just slid because NFL teams are idiots. Then you have guys like uh, freaking Justin Jefferson, first-round pick. Devontae Smith, first-round pick. Um, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, top five five pick. Exactly. And And what bewilders me is that these... These this guy, oh Matt LaFleur and Ted Thompson, I think is who the G I think Ted Thompson's who's in charge right now. And um Guta Kuntz, I can't believe I almost forgot the name for a second. They think they can just microwave these these like second mid-round talent guys. Christian Watson was, I think, sixth on my draft board for receiver, maybe seventh, behind all the guys in front of him. And it's so funny when I did my draft board this year for the NFL, I literally said AJ Brown in big circles. Why? Because he was the top trade target, then D then Debo. And then the rest of these guys. And the craziest thing is with these rookie receivers, some of them have been good. I think Garrett Wilson's lived up to his lived up lived up to his uh his merit in uh in um New York. Olave's not terrible. Traylon Burks, I don't know if he's actually still in the league right now. And then, you know, you've got um Jameson Williams who may play by next Christmas. So this rookie class, which is supposed to be a can't miss, was kind of eh. And they went out and got a guy who it's kind of eh. I, it's just to me when I look at the Packers, like you said, they need to go out and get a guy. Odell is still available. I guarantee DJ Moore is on the market, especially after yesterday. He's definitely on the market. There's a couple other teams. Brandon Cooks from from the Houston Texans, up by down by you. These are guys you can go get. It's a matter of if you can are willing to part with the capital and get rid of a draft pick to go get somebody to maybe have a shot. Because right now, Philly walks in there, or you know, let's be honest, you have to walk into Philadelphia or Minnesota round one of the two of the playoffs, you're getting stomped. Rodgers is throwing two or three picks. He's on his back half the game. The only, like It's what's going to happen. I, I don't want to tell you. I think the Packers have a sad case of delusion that Rodgers is going to turn this around. 
Right. I mean, we've seen it countless times in the NFL, and there are very few quarterbacks who are good enough to carry a squad when they're surrounded by mediocre talent. And obviously this is excluding the running back core for Green Bay because both of those guys are very good, very serviceable. And and I just feel like if you want to surround Rodgers, who obviously is still an elite quarterback with mid-level talent, but guys that he really hasn't ever worked with before, the the results should not be surprising. Three and five, it shouldn't be surprising. And And quite honestly – they could very well be two and six given how close the game with new England was a few weeks ago. Oh yeah. So they've got lots of, they've they've got lots of things to figure out going forward. And, and if they don't make a move by tomorrow, I think it could get a whole lot uglier for green Bay. I think my biggest thing with green Bay as we'll wrap this up and get into a little more college ball was I just think they are a comp- they, they to me are a less painful to watch Las Vegas Raiders. They made they have a lot of great things on that roster. Las Vegas has good receivers, a good pass rush, and a de- and a great a good running back. But the problem is their offensive line is fucking terrible. Their secondary is okay at best. They have no linebackers, and honest to God, Darren Waller can't get on the field. You go to Green Bay. No receivers. The tight end play is inconsistent. Their offensive line is okay at best, and they can't stop anybody. Like, Jair Alexander looks like a ghost of himself. Any time a receiver gets physical with him, fades away. Rizul Douglas is totally playing out of position. And I, I get it. Stokes is a missile. He's one of the fastest dudes I've ever seen on a football field. Doesn't mean crap if you have tight hips. So, um... I just with the Packers, they're in trouble. They are. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And and like I said, tomorrow, if there's not a move made, I don't see why why you can be high on Green Bay anymore because there's no way they're gonna beat out Minnesota for the division, um, barring any sort of freak injury. Yeah. Or and I just feel like there's two to three other teams outside of division leaders, of course, who who are easily better than them. So, you know, all eyes on Green Bay for, you know, the next probably 20-plus hours. And if they don't make a move, it could it could really get ugly in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's talk about college ball. College wasn't crazy. We saw Ohio State handle business against Penn State. We knew that was going to happen. It's just a superior team. The vibe, even dur- during the game, you kind of saw it was like there was not a lot. They were hanging on, but there wasn't a lot of pump there. But we have some fun news, right? So, first off, um, Auburn's got a new head coach. They officially fired their guy today whose name escapes me. All I know is I remember he got in a little uh, a little scandal with his coach, his uh, his, his coaching assistant um, that followed him over from his previous job. Nobody cares about his name. We've talked about him enough. But Cadillac Williams. Those of us in my generation, uh, the 90s babies, we all know who Caddy Williams is. Part of those good Bears teams, their late 2000s, just kind of just being a good, solid workhorse back in fantasy. It's kind of cool seeing him be a head coach, uh, 
head coach for his alma mater. That's really cool. Um, but Mason, you brought this up because this these guys are your rival. You got Bedlam in a few weeks. Oklahoma State got fucking blanked. 48 zip from a backup quarterback in K-State. Now, for those of you who remember, yes, K-State lost to TCU, almost certainly sealing my perfect week last week. This week was not perfect. We'll talk about that later. But, Mason, dude, the Big 12 is still a clusterfuck, and I love it. Go. What do you got for me? I, I think TCU we t- so let's fast let's let's rewind to 2 weeks ago kind of like you mentioned TCU K State before Adrian Martinez comes out of that game injured TCU is is completely getting outplayed by K State the only reason TCU wins that ball game 2 weeks ago is because they're playing a third string quarterback who has never taken actual snaps for the team so going into this week adrian martinez still not a go injured but at home against a a really solid oklahoma state team who you know has had a couple close losses but still very much in the in the big 12 championship picture kind of like you said and they just they just get completely outplayed and the backup quarterback looked sharp and Going forward, Oklahoma State has a lot of question marks surrounding them. Kind of like you said, Bedlam in three weeks here in Norman. And like I told you beforehand, I'm feeling better and better as an OU fan about that game. And I told you before the show. I, You know what I mean? I'm a ballsy guy when it comes to money lines, especially if a team's hot and a team's sliding. Oklahoma State got in Quinn Ewers' head. I think Texas, they were kind of riding high off of a win that honestly was like, okay, you should have won that game. Everyone was riding Texas. Everyone was getting them all amped up. And then they came back down to earth, and they got them slipping off of a, uh, on a little bit of a hangover. TCU and Oklahoma State, to me, are both these teams that I'm just like, I think TCU is, I think, the team that is probably going to win the Big – where's Baylor been in all this too, by the way? Um, the, the, this is why I love the Big 12, right? It, the, besides TCU, I don't think any team in this entire conference has a legit shot at even making the playoff, and it makes it so much fun because they're still kicking the piss out of each other just for a shot to beat the other one. And they're all saying how this conference is dead. Well, it's going to be – not as much ratings for about two seasons while Oklahoma and Texas get their ass handed to them by freaking the SEC and they come crawling back because I, you know, I love Brett Venables as the head coach and I like the fact that Texas got a number quarterback recruit and they also have Arch Manning come in next year, but I ain't going to do shit if you're still getting your head kicked in by four or five star recruits on each side of the ball. But I digress on that argument. Um, but man, okay, state, I bet that money line quick because I said, you know what? Fuck it. They might make a comeback. They scored a lot of points against Texas in the second half. And I was like, ooh. I look at that. I was like, oh, that was a waste of 88 cents. Because on 88 cents, the bet was paying out 20 bucks. I was like, holy shit. Hey, why I not? With bet. those odds, with yeah. those odds, I mean, you, you right, you're exactly right. You got to figure that, that, hey, why not? Right? 
It's like 83 cents. That'll probably burn on some stupid parlay. It's going to fail anyway. Might as well throw them at this. Maybe it'll happen. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Got to talk about Miami Hurricanes for a second. Holy shit. Anybody who knows me knows I'm a diehard Canes fan. Um, I love my team to death. But, dude, the amount of stress they put me through on th- on Saturday was unholy. They didn't, Neither team scored a point until halftime. It was a last-second field goal from Borgales. And then Virginia Tech goes down and scores on a field goal. Then Miami keeps making stop after stop, and they trade field goals again just before the end of regulation. Miami drives on the field, kicks a game winner. Then in OT, horrible play calling on both sides. A couple field goals are exchanged. It's now nine to nine. Or yeah, it was nine to nine. And then they started going for, I believe, yeah, they went for nine. It was nine for nine. Then it was 12 for 12. And then they started going to two point conversions. Thank God. Thank God. On the first play of uh, of quadruple overtime, <laughs> Virginia goes, I think, as a false start or a holding or something, or uh, illegal, illegal substitution or something. Puts them out of range. They basically got the ball swatted down. And Jake Garcia, who had made nothing but terrible reads all day, has a wide-open receiver a foot and a half in front of him. Like, literally from me to the McLeod jersey behind me. Because touch toss it and gain touchdown, set, match, win. Nobody's even near him. Decides to dive and make it close. And I almost had a freaking brain aneurysm watching that. So... That being said, folks, until Tyler Van Dyke comes back, my Hurricanes are fucked on offense. Thank God their defense is playing lights out with backups. That's all I got to say about that one. We don't have to talk any about it. Macy, you don't have to talk any further if you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, ACC, um, it, it just kind of seems like Clemson is so far clear of, of everyone else in that conference. You know, even though the win against Syracuse was a little bit shaky, it just seems like I just don't see anyone who matches up with them well and could beat them with essentially probably, you know, a playoff spot on the line for Clemson, right? So we'll just right have now. to see, you know, yeah. when we fast forward, you know, four to five weeks from now where everything sits and, and hey, you know, you never know what can happen, right? I'm going to tell you right now, my – like – Clemson is playing with a let's stick a dynamite and that that fuse is going to go eventually. They have been getting lucky calls from the refs for five, 10 years with Dabo. Dabo has been the ACC's darling. Everyone hates him. I can bring you back to a game. I watched Clemson Miami where Lawrence literally fell on the ball, got the wind knocked out of him and they called it for targeting and ejected our best Miami's best player. When Miami was within a touchdown, it was there's these certain things that and they get like lucky calls all the time. It it gets irritating. Like I have a friend who's an Ohio State fan. He goes, "Dude, I hate Clemson. They literally get every call in playoff games." And I'm like, "I know." So when they got their heads kicked in by LSU, I think the entire country like became fans of Joe Burrow. They are they're the Kansas City Chiefs, a less likable Kansas City Chiefs, because instead of everyone loving Andy Reid. Everyone hates Dabo Sweeney. Nobody can stand Trevor Lawrence. The fact that he's almost he's borderline a bust right now makes every ACC fan ecstatic, right? I love watching former ACC quarterbacks bundle, bleh, stumble, and fail because it's like it's like music to my ears. Who watching them torture me as a, one of the Hurricane fan? 
so with that being said, I just I think Clemson, their biggest problem is they should have lost to Syracuse. They should have lost four weeks ago. I think they played North Carolina State tight or another team. They've got Miami coming up. I believe they have one other top like one other they have, I think they have Miami at home. But Miami always plays them tough, except for we're not going to talk about 2016. Um, but if I'm looking at Clemson's schedule quick, we'll, we're going to talk about Michigan and Michigan State in a second before we move on to the Pro Bowl because, you know, college is just kind of lame this week. But if I'm looking at Clemson's record going down the pipe, next week they have Notre Dame away. Notre Dame, that's which, right, yeah. Which you never know. I mean, Notre Dame yeah. away – not and, and you know for reference, Notre Dame played Syracuse this past weekend, and Notre Dame played them a lot better than Clemson played Syracuse at oh, home. Yeah. So so let's... so you never know with Notre mm-hmm. Dame, and I think they have uh, South Carolina at the end of the season, who's been looking a little better. So you never know. Yeah. They have okay. So let's 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 go down the, let's go down memory lane quick. They should have lost to Wake Forest. Sam Hartman blew that game. North Carolina State had them on the ropes. Then you have freaking uh, Florida State who kept them within a score. Then you have Syracuse. Bullshit call at the end of the game. They went. They escaped with a six-point win. Notre Dame's going to be a rough game. Louisville always is challenging. Louisville always plays them tough for some reason. Then you get Miami, and then you get their rival South Carolina. That Miami not an game, easy schedule. Not an easy schedule going oh, yeah, down no. the stretch at all. That is a game Miami will probably have James Williams, Donald Chaney, and uh, both their starting receivers and Van Dyke back. Miami might be a full strength by the time they play Clemson, which is scary because that's actually a decent team. Miami Miami losing their two receivers basically killed their offense and made them run dependent. That's why they should have beaten Texas A&M. But anyway, enough about Clemson. Nobody gives a shit. Um, Mississippi, Michigan State, man. The other MSU, I almost said Mississippi State. If you haven't seen it by now, it's been shared everywhere on social media. Michigan, Michigan State getting a little brawl in the uh, tunnel. Four or five Michigan State players jumping a Michigan player who happened to walk through the, the, the United Tunnel, which is the dumb, by the way, is the dumbest construction feature of all time. Since the 80s, in the old bad boy Miami days, we have seen this not work. So, with that in mind, why would it still work today when about four or five Michigan State players basically jumped one Michigan player who happened to walk into the tunnel and started talking back to each other? Mel Tucker's announced they've suspended him. I think it was indefinitely. Great. They should be fucking playing ball this year. Like, I, I for the rest of the season. Your season's over. At least clip them for the rest of the season. And reinstate them during spring ball because that's that's atrocious. You can't do that. The dude doesn't even have a fucking helmet on your gang beating this dude up. You're curb stomper. You were literally four or five guys ganging up on this dude and trying to beat him up. To me, it's just it's just such as fucked up, man. It's not like you're on the field and your teammates are all there and it's it's like, oh, everyone's taking a little swing at each other, whatever. That's like that. Who gives a fuck? But it was in the tunnel. Dude's by himself and a bunch of Michigan guys to start Michigan State guys to start jumping. It's not a good look. And honestly, the fact that Mel Tucker didn't just like take more in action is kind of like, like, come on, man. And also, did you see him try to swipe at that Michigan fan for patting his head? 
I didn't see that, but obviously, you know, we all saw the, the you know, absolute beat down in the tunnel at half. And I, I mean, quite frankly, I'm surprised that the four players who were suspended aren't just kicked off the team. I think if, the, if you're part of a high pro of uh, a higher profile team, you know, not to say that Michigan state isn't, but if you're on an Alabama in Ohio state, I mean, shoot, even a Michigan, OU, Georgia, Clemson, a school like that, I think you're done. I think you're, you're out. And um, it doesn't matter who you are. I think you're done. <clears throat> what? It's just, it's just not a good look. And I'm trying to yeah, find a clip it, for it's, you. It's bad. And it's just, what cracks me about all this is that we're still talking about this day, and it's the fact they haven't made the right, just action. Usually, colleges overreact to shit like this. Nah, nah, man. They're 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 just suspended. They're not kicked off their team. They're not suspended for the rest of the season. They're just suspended. They haven't given a really exact timeline yet. It's just not a good look, and uh, I just think Michigan State looks like a really bad program right now. Um. That's enough for college for right now. No other big teams play. We got a couple of big games next week: Florida State and Miami and Georgia and Tennessee, which should be electric. Um, NFL breaking news: about four or five hours ago, Roquan Smith is finally out of Chicago. The Bears, after their embarrassment loss to the Dallas Cowboys have sent Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens for a second and fifth rounder, kind of showing a ball the middle of Baltimore's defense. I love the move. I think it's kind of showing up there in the middle. They definitely proved on Sunday they are here for real, basically putting a knife in Brady's playoff hopes unless, you know, Atlanta just completely chokes it away. Wait a minute. So, yeah, Brady's not dead yet. Um, Atlanta choking jokes. Uh, but you know, I, I think it's a good move and I don't think we're done. The deadline deadlines tomorrow at four o'clock. I believe the show will be out by then. Mason, what do you think of this, uh, Baltimore getting Roquan move? You know, we, over the years we've seen, you know, we've, we've known Baltimore for having just, just amazing defenses. Right. And I, you know, they're no slouch this year and they only get better with this move. Right. Even though it is a rental deal, um, I doubt they end up signing him at the end of the year. Um, it just kind of feels like maybe the Ravens are, are trying to make a push to potentially be in that Super Bowl conversation, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen with the Lamar situation. We don't know if he ends up taking a franchise tag, sticking around for one more year, signing a long-term deal with the Ravens, or, you know, this summer signing – a long-term deal with another team. So given that it seems like the Ravens are kind of trying to maybe make a push at a Super Bowl run this season. And, and I think on Thursday, that was a big statement game for Baltimore and, and Lamar looked good. First half didn't look great, but second half definitely stepped it up, had a pair of touchdowns and, and looked a lot better. So I think the Ravens are a team that you could definitely say is trending up. I think, honestly, depending on how this game goes tonight, this will tell us a lot about the AFC North, which is definitely starting to come back. We thought it was going to be the best, arguably one of the best divisions of football, and it's starting to come back up. Like I think it's going to be Baltimore-Cincinnati was all said and done. If Cleveland can win tonight, then we have a three-team race. 
I think everyone but Pittsburgh is going to be have a shot this division right now, <clears throat> if we're being honest. But um, yeah, no, I'm really liking what I'm seeing with this defense now. It gives them a good guy in the second level, just an all-world talent, Roquan Smith, and he finally gets out of Chicago, which clearly he was not any sort of way trying to be there. So I like the yeah. Move. And just to just to say one last thing on the AFC mm-hmm. North, um. You know, it's not anytime soon, but we do – we can't forget that Deshaun Watson is going to come back, right? And if, if Cleveland's in the mix, you know, you can't count them out with, with Deshaun Watson. And granted, that is assuming that he's going to return to the sort of level that he was playing at with the Texans. But I, I think you're exactly right. The AFC North is sort of starting starting to look like it could be – the division that we kind of thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah. All right. Before we get into NFL, more NFL news, let's do a quick six pack review. So Matt and I both took KU over Tennessee, seeing that one and two play each other this week as Tennessee and uh, Georgia. I would say Tennessee won that. And also I checked on as well, Ohio state. We both took them over Penn state. We both took the jets and Pats as upsets and we both lost on that one. Parlays were shot from there. My idiot ass took the Rams. He took the Niners. Christian McCaffrey, the boys got it rolling. We both took the Seahawks. We both took the Bills. I missed on my upset. Matt hit on his gimme with TCU. I believe TCU won, right? They they did, yes. Okay, yeah. So Matt goes seven for eight. Not a bad day for the kid. Um I go six, I go five for eight. So it could have been worse. No, Matt goes six for eight. I go five for eight. So I'm only down by one. It's not a bad, it's not terrible. I thought it was going to be a lot worse. I completely forgot about ten, KU and Tennessee. Um, if it was not for stupid freaking DJ Moore, I would have had my upset pick. And I was so pissed off about this. I was so mad. I'm like, are you kidding me? This idiot just threw his helmet in the stands. It just cost me money. But also, Eddie Pinero's di- a dipshit. But we'll get started on that right now as we're getting to America's favorite game. The One Sentence Game brought to you by the amazing folks at Canadips.com. Folks, I used to dip and do chewing tobacco products. I am not ashamed to admit it. Here's the deal. As much as I love that experience, I knew it wasn't going to be good for me long term. I quit it cold turkey, got rid of it. But you know what? I still kind of miss the sensation. Along comes this amazing company called Can of Dips. That hundreds of, uh, not hundreds, but tw- tens of flavors, man. Everything from all Arnold Palmer to peach to mint that actually tastes like Copenhagen mint. Spearmint. You've got blue raspberry, certain types of strands, and it's CBD based, 10 milligrams. Per pouch, they have ones infused with caffeine. They have ones infused with uh, melatonin to help you get a nice little snooze going. I love this company so much. Use the promo code BELLYUP20 for 20% off on your parts on the way out. Don't, hey, by the way, you know how good these guys are? They shorted me a tin of my favorite flavor, the Arnold Palmer flavor. They sent me my entire order double for free, free of charge. That's the kind of people they're working with. Three to five days, you'll get your tens, man. I live in Connecticut. They're out in California. And I got my shit in three days, and I couldn't believe it. Candidates.com, promo code bellyup20 for 20% off at checkout. 
And I think you get free shipping over $50. So you, you can't beat it. Canix.com. All right. One sentence game. Here we go. Thursday night football. We saw the ageless wonder look like he stepped out of a time machine. Tom Brady versus Baltimore. And Justin Tucker said it best. They took it to Tom. Oh, my Lord. My one sentence is this. I don't know if Giselle's a Brazilian witch or Tom literally just pissed off the universe, but that's it. That's all for his career. I really think this is it. Um, I feel like Lamar is back, baby. Um, looked sharp in the second half. Big game for them. Big statement win. And looking ahead at their schedule, very favorable. They've got the Saints, Panthers, Ravens, Broncos, Steelers in their next five weeks. And I think they could win all five of those games. They should win all five of those games. And I think the Ravens are a team that could be dangerous come the holiday season and potentially in the playoffs. I think I think Lamar's had enough. I agree with you there. Our, and, you know, the, the Roquan Smith edition just looks great. We talked about this game at nauseam already, but Brady and the boys look shot. They can't run the ball. They look like their offense is out of, out of whack, and everything just looks off. Um, bro, we're going to London or wherever the fucking Europe they were playing. It's Jaguars and Broncos on a game that was – by the way, I probably watched – it was probably watched by about 500,000 people – and I think 300,000 of those were ESPN employees because there's nobody who has ESPN plus unless they have in their Hulu bundle. It may take the cake for the dumbest subscription based service I have ever seen besides maybe Paramount or not Paramount. No, besides Peacock NBC should have literally just shot that in the foot. All righty. The, my sentence is simply this Broncos country. Let's ride for one more week because the Jaguars may be the only team that's a bigger dumpster fire than the Broncos. I'm serious. I think it's time to start slapping the the bus tag on Trevor Lawrence. That man couldn't read a defense that was written in Braille. I am telling you right now, like there were guys open on every single play on the All-22 film. He was making rush throws. I don't care if Travis Etienne is a top 10 fantasy back by the end of the season and Doug Peterson might be the most innovative offensive genius south of, in the in the state of South Florida. Here's the problem, or just Florida in general. I think Goldilocks chose the wrong foot chose the wrong football, man. I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm trying to make an analogy here that like sunshine sucks, bro. I'm telling you. There is nothing that can convince me that Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. That Giants game kind of made me sniff the Lawrence as a bus tag. I'm ready to slap it on him right now. I know we got to get, this is the one sentence game, but this is my paragraph. If you cannot read a defense by the end of year two, and you don't have freak talent, like, like freaking, um, a, a, like a Jalen hurts or a Kyler Murray, or even to an nth level, a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes. I don't give a shit what you do. This man can't hang on to the ball it's definitely Halloween because he's got a severe case of butterfingers. He's throwing picks like his name is Kenny Pickett. There is no reason this man should be a starting quarterback. They should be calling up the Colts for Nick Foles to come back to Jacksonville because there's no fucking way they're making the playoffs right now. My 10 wins Jaguar prediction looks almost as bad as Russell Wilson's contract. 
that's my rant. <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, you briefly touched on it, but ETN is here. He is, is the one bright spot on this team. He looks like he is going to be a top-level talent both in the NFL but also for fantasy managers. And on the other side, I thought Russ didn't play too bad. He had the early pick. He showed some, some signs of life, um, had a couple long balls that looked good. And a couple couple times where he was able to scramble out of the pocket and pick up some yards. So I think the Broncos could maybe, maybe be on the on the side of trending up, but maybe not. They lose one more game. I think Hackett is out. And with the Jaguars, I don't know what to say. Other than ETN is a baller and Lawrence, like you said might be a total bust. I just – I feel bad for Doug Peterson, man, because they looked like they were a ball – a team. They can play defense. I'm telling – like, listen, they can get after the quarterback. I think this is always the issue. Doug Peterson coach teams always struggle early in the season, like the end of September, early October. The problem was Philadelphia exposed them. And they really haven't recovered since then. We were talking about the Jaguars being a top 10 team in the NFL. And then it just came slamming down to earth when they played Philly. Here's the kicker, right? If I'm the Jaguars, I'm thinking maybe we, if there's a way to kind of, because we saw the, 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 the freaking Cardinals cut big with Rosen. I'm not saying that the same quarterback far from it. I think Lawrence just needs to go to a place where, he can just maybe in Florida send him to fucking Tampa Bay next season. He's gonna have some weapons around him. He's gonna have a good offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. They're gonna have Fournette for at least another year, and definitely Rashad White and a decent offensive line, and might probably Mike Evans and Chris definitely Chris Godwin, maybe Mike Evans, and just get him out of Jacksonville. Jacksonville, go get a you're there's like six quarterbacks coming on this draft who are going to be elite arm talents. Maybe not elite in the NFL sense, but elite elite in the college sense. And Jacksonville has the movement. They could go up and get a guy. They can move up and get four or five draft picks. Doug Peterson has shown in the Carson Wentz trade and in Jalen Hurts, they will go up and get a quarterback if they want one. So you know what? I think Jacksonville may have to punt. In my eyes, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm going to set the over-under on games to time to punt on Lawrence, like the game where it's like, okay, enough. If he hasn't shown any growth by, I'd say week 14, we'll go week 14. If it's week 14, you have not won more than two or three games since this point. Lawrence is still the same bad or regressed or barely improved. I think it's time to cut bait. I'll say it. If nobody else is going to say, I'm going to say, we'll probably clip this and put it on the damn, on the damn, Instagram and everything else tomorrow because I think I'm on point here. Trevor Lawrence since college his freshman year has increased that much for for a uh for a reference if he increases exponentially at 0.5% growth every year, yes it's steady, but he might be a pro bowl quarterback by the time he's 40. You have guys then like Jalen Hurts. I I hate bringing up my boy, but he deserves the credit. 
was barely a passing quarterback at Alabama, then gets a call to your boy Lincoln Riley, becomes a, a, a Heisman runner-up, then gets to Philly, gets a little more confidence in the throwing motion, gets exposed, then goes into his second year, gets command of the offense, becomes a little better in a set of managed games. Year three, look at him yesterday. Highest passer rating in football last week, this week, so far, unless Joe Burrow goes off. I'm telling you, man, like it's, I get it. He's talented, but there's a difference between talented and work ethic. And this dude does not have both. I swear he's complacent with what he is. I've also heard stories from my friends who went to Clemson about how much trouble they covered up when he was down there. And when I hear stories like this from my buddies who are in college, so I love how, what the age I am. Cause I have a lot of friends who went to these big schools who know these guys. I have heard stories about Lawrence and how many times this dude had things, him getting in trouble, things that would have gotten me kicked off campus for a few days, things that would have gotten me kicked off a sports team. Lawrence had him slipped under the rug. I don't know. There's a lack of maturity to me. I, I really don't think he gives a shit. And also, I've also heard he's the weirdest mother effer in person you're ever going to meet. So quarterbacks who have no social skills always scare the hell out of me. We just rambled for 30 minutes about Trevor Lawrence. We talked all of 10 seconds about freaking Denver, but that's how much they commanded. <laughs> all right. Steelers, Eagles. There were three beatdowns this weekend. This was the first. A.J. Brown basically just destroyed the Steelers secondary. And he almost, if people don't realize this, if you're watching the game, he almost broke a fourth touchdown. On the drive, Miles Sanders scored to put the game game clincher. A.J. Brown caught an in route and took it 70 yards down the sideline and got tripped up by Fitzpatrick at the 10. He almost busted, uh, he almost had 170 yards and four touchdowns, like breaking the fantasy logic, man. I would have been ecstatic. You know what? I'm okay with it, though. Hurts look great. Highest pass. I think he showed 80 point something. Sanders looked good in the second half. They got out, but you know what? The thing they proved to me, Mason. This is my sense. The Eagles can beat you in so many ways, but the, what made me happy this week was there was an all-pro safety on the other side of that ball. Hurt said, all right, bet, and started just chucking it at his best weapon. And next week against the Texans, they're going to try to lock Brown up, even though he owns the Texans usually, um, if memory serves me correctly. But Demonte Smith might go off, or freaking Quez Watkins, who is faster than a Lamborghini, basically. Just eating some, or Miles Sanders goes off, or Goddard. That's what makes this team lethal, man. They can just beat you in 15 different ways. Oh, and CJ Gardner-Johnson now is tied for league in picks after his fourth pick in three weeks. Yep, Eagles look good. They they look like they are the team to beat in the NFC. Hurts is looking great. And on the other side of the ball, the Steelers, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do to fix this team. I don't know what they do going forward because – I think this was kind of expected with Pickett, right? Personally, I think that he just should have started from week one. And then you could have gotten a full season out of him just to see some some growth, potentially. Maybe Mm -hmm. not. And with this upcoming quarterback class, I don't really think any of these guys – there are going to be a few who end up being good. But I I don't think there's anyone in this upcoming class that – Coming into the NFL is going to be better than Pickett. So I don't know what you do with the Steelers. Um, Najee Harris for fantasy managers has been 
easily don't you the mean, biggest. Don't you mean Trent Richardson 2.0? <laughs> He's looking Wait, like he, too soon? He, hey, you might be completely right, but he is easily the biggest bust of any fantasy draft pick top to bottom. If you took him in the first Ooh, round, which A-Rob, man, did, he's still got the king. He's still the king. Yeah. I mean, if you took him in the first round, you are probably in shambles right now. So, so given that, I think that the Steelers are a, are a, honestly, they might be a worse dumpster fire than than the Jags to me. Oh, so we were going to do this game. Um we're going to we're not going to have time for today. We might have to do it next Tuesday. Or next Monday, we're going to do it Thursday. I, I have a special game I was going to bring out, but you know what? I think we. I think this is. I think you're on point. I think these guys qualify for the dumpster fire category. I think I may have to do a graphic this week on who's just a straight up dumpster fire, because right now, I disagree. I think Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are better quarterbacks off the rip than Kenny Pickett. I think the Kenny Pickett hype was over. I think the best quarterback in this class is Malik Willis. Yeah, he had a terrible fucking game this weekend. But it didn't fucking matter. They have Derrick Henry to kind of help stabilize him. And then you have other guys in that I think Matt Corral is going to be great. I think Desmond Ritter is going to have an amazing season. The fact of the matter is that they facing we have the new Tyrod Taylor 2.0 and uh, Marcus Mariota is awesome. He's going to play for the rest of the season, get traded to some team as a quarterback injury week one. He's going to keep making good money being the new Fitzmagic or the new Tyrod Taylor. And Desmond Ritter is probably going to be a decent, solid quarterback. And Atlanta is in a good spot. What I am saying with this is the Steelers made the wrong move. Kenny Pickett is trash. All right. We got to get moving here because we're uh, we're slacking a little bit on time-wise. Bears-Cowboys. I'll say it, man. How about them, Cowboys? Because Dak Prescott, I gave him so much shit. I said, are they better with Cooper Rush? I bit into the, the the rustiness, and I said, you know what? Maybe Cooper Rush is better. Nope, nope. Dallas can score. But I will say this. I think Dallas is a better team when Tony Pollard's their starting running back. The only team he's good against, Zeke is good against, is Philadelphia. The other only, only, team, only team he can beat up. He can't beat anybody else. I guess Detroit, too. I'll throw Detroit in there. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, Pollard looked elite. As a as a as a starter level running back, Dak looked good. The Bears are a dumpster fire, which says a lot about the Patriots, and which in, in turn says a lot about the Jets' inability to beat Bill Belichick. Um, that's all I got for this game, man. This was just ugly. Yeah, um, people are high on Justin Fields after the New England win, and I think this just kind of th- this game is a perfect example of. If you are not, if you don't have a base level of throwing ability, you can't be successful in this league. If you're going to be a run first quarterback and not have a a minimum level of throwing accuracy, IQ, deep ball ability, all those things, you can't be successful in this league. And I know that that the Bears have probably if not the worst, one of the worst receiving cores. But I think at the end of the day, Fields is another guy who, to me, he could he could easily be categorized in the bunch category, in the bunch group, or the yeah. bust group, I'm sorry. 
Um, and, and on the opposite side of things, Dallas maybe maybe is looking better, starting to trend up. But I think if the outcome would have been any different than it was, I think the panic button would have would have needed to be hit because Dallas is, you know, Dak looks sharp, but I think they're to me. I don't think they're a contender. What scares the living shit out of me with Dallas as an Eagles fan is that Dallas, to me, is just getting their engine going. I think Philly's a better team, top to bottom. But I think Dallas, everyone was asking me, who do you think is better, Dallas or New York? And I said, you want my honest to God opinion? We haven't played New York yet, but Dallas, yeah, they, they did beat the Bears, so I'm gonna hold my brakes on this. I am slightly it's it, I'm still on a balance, Mason, but I'm leaning towards it's Dallas right now is a slightly bit better because I trust their quarterback. I trust Dak. I may not trust him against Philadelphia in crunch time, but I trust him against any other team in this in this league over Daniel Jones. I trust the Dallas Cowboys special teams who have an elite kick returner over the Giants who fumble twice on special teams. I also trust, as much as I don't like, I think he's a Milwaukee cop playing quarterback, I trust, I mean, head coach, I think my, I trust Mike McCarthy more than I trust Brian Dable for now. Dable could be the next Doug Peterson for all we know. And I do trust the Cowboys receivers more than I'll ever trust whatever lawn furniture plus Wandell Robinson they throw out there every Sunday. So, with all that being said, for now, I think the Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC East, besides record. I agree, 100%. I think when Daniel Jones is forced to throw the football, there's no way that New York's going to win a football game. I think he's really good at handing the ball off to, to Barkley, but when he's forced to throw the ball, New York is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I um, I just I I gotta like look at this like, dude, come on, this is this is it's time. Like it, I think the Giants. I think after this week, we'll talk about that win, this loss in a second. But I think the Giants now have to go in the mirror and uh, really start thinking. It's like, okay, guys, we may be over our skis a little bit. But all right, Panthers, Falcons. All I'm gonna say is DJ Moore. I freaking hate you, PJ Walker. Through the ball of his life. That ball was hook, line, sinker on a rope. Dropped in the bucket. Every analogy could for a perfect pass. Like the screen in Madden lit up green, man. Like, And your dumb ass had to take that. Yes, I know. This should not be a penalty taking your helmet off. It's the stupidest rule on the planet. The play was over. But what pisses me the hell off is that the fact that it cost a team a game and also Eddie Panera, you stupid selfie taking jackass. Instead of taking selfies pregame, how about you practice on field goals, you dummy? How do you miss a chip shot in overtime? Blair kick project. Holy crap. That game was my upset pick. So I'm fucking pissed. And on top of that, it was a beautiful moment in sports that had to be ruined by a dumb penalty, a useless kicker, and a guy who got too much emotion. Damn it. Yeah. I don't even care about these teams. Yeah. 
pretty crummy game. Pretty funny that that DJ Moore did that and and essentially cost him the game. But this is just another very forgettable game that that is not really even mildly interesting. If if that doesn't happen at the end, it's it's it. I I. I'm lost for words, man. I'm fucking stuttering. Like, what the shit? I'm so pissed off. It's like, how? It, it was like comical, like, the way they fucking blow this game. Even the look on Mariota's face, like, how the fuck did we just win that? Like, the Falcons are now in first place in the NFC South. Let that sink in. Technically, if the freaking Panthers won that game, they would have been in first place in the NFC South. The Panthers have just fired their head coach two weeks ago. I love how that conference is a the division's a fucking dumpster fire, and it makes me so happy. Oh my god, I love the chaos. Um, speaking of beatdowns and disappointments, let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. 24-0. Alvin Kamara scored 18 points by himself. Oh god, that was so bad. I I, I think it's time to fire Josh McDaniels. I'm surprised he hasn't been fired already. Like, yeah, I think I think Derek Derek Carr is horrible. Uh, there were people at the end of last season saying that he deserved top ten quarterback in the league merit, and I think you could not be more wrong. Um, looked horrible, 101 yards passing, um, decently accurate, uh, no touchdowns, one pick, horrible. Um, against a struggling Saints team who has, you know, granted they've got it, they've got an okay defense, but I mean, where does it end for Las Vegas? I mean, you've got a a top five receiver in the league like Devontae Adams, and you just you can't make any sort of progress with them and and win yourself some football games. So I think it's if you're a Raiders fan, it's time to acknowledge that Derek Carr is each if you want to win. He can't be your starting QB going forward. I'll offer you a rebuttal. I think Carr ain't the problem. Last year, under interim coach Rich Passaccia, with less weapons and less ammunition, they made the playoffs, and they were one Zach McPherson kick from going to the second round. So, what's the difference? Head coach, less offensive line play. And they abandoned the run. Darren Waller hasn't played much this year because he's always injured. And I, I think the real problem is Josh McDaniels is a failed head coaching hire. If you are my honest to God opinion, I seriously think if the, tomorrow you went in a time machine, you went and got a couple off, you went at the deadline, got no lineman, and you cut bait with McDaniels, the Raiders win five or six out of their next eight. Because they're that talented of a roster. They could use they can use some help, but they should be a five hundred team. And I think the biggest issue, and they, and by the way, lost in all this, one of the most efficient corners this year is Rocky Sin, who they got for getting rid of Ngakwe to the Colts, who was another dumpster fire. So right now, if I'm being dead honest, I think the Raiders' biggest problem is Josh McDaniels. I don't want any more excuses defending him. I know you're a Patriot fan. I know he's your boy. I know you want him back. You should want him back because that Matt Patricia offense looks goddamn awful, boy. So here's the thing. As we move on, McDaniel shouldn't have left New England. They should have kept Chris Passaccia, or they should have gotten a college coach. Because holy piss, this is bad. They should have yeah. hired. Hey, yeah, you're exactly right, Josh McDaniels. If you hear this, 
Look, buddy, we will we will take you back into our staff with open arms. I'd love to have you back. And um, to your point about Carr, I I think that they're I think that he's average. I don't think you know people were saying that he's top ten. I I just disagree. Oh, no. um, I think you know he might be fifteen. Right. 15. I mean, he he might be serviceable, and that's okay. But you know, so is Mac Jones, right? Um. And I think it's it's just ridiculous to kind of throw them in the categories of of top ten. I think that's just a joke. I you know you must be you must be listening to too many Raiders fans out there. I've I've only heard a few people ever refer to top ten. I'm like, are y'all drunk? Can I have whatever you're drinking? Because damn, I need some of it right now. All right, moving on. We're gonna try to hyper speed some of these dumpster fires a little bit. I know they're your Patriots. I'll let you go. All I'm gonna say is. You disappoint me, Jets. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, we have seen this time and time and time and time and time again um, where Bill Belichick has just given young quarterbacks problems. He did it with Josh Allen. He did it with Patrick Mahomes. He's doing it now with Zach Wilson when he's not able to hand the ball off to Brees Hall. And and it will – as long as Bill Belichick is a head coach in the NFL – this will continue to be the case. And just funny enough, um, the the Patriots have won their last 13 games in a row against the New York Jets. So, you know, I know people are so optimistic with Brees Hall being great and and hopefully he comes back and he is um, just as good as he was before he, he ripped his ACL. But I mean, let's just say the Patriots on the Jets. It's unfortunate. Um, this game, I completely forgot was on. The only thing I saw from this game was DeAndre Hopkins made a one-handed catch. Cardinals, Vikings. Um, Cardinals, this game, okay, I'm going to just say this because I really don't feel like talking about this game anymore. This game went exactly how I thought it was going to go. The Vikings were going to score more points than the Cardinals. The Cardinals were going to make it interesting at the end, but Kyler Murray wanted to go play Call of Duty again. By the way, Call of Duty review right now, I'll give you at the end of the show. I'll give you a hint. Thumbs up so far. Um, but, yeah, what are your thoughts quick on uh, Vikings-Cardinals? Uh, yeah, uh, the catch by Hopkins was awesome. Uh, looks like he has not missed a beat, and and he is back for sure. And I think for Cardinals fans, it's time to, to – it's time to admit that Kingsbury was a miss and that he's got to go because three and five through eight weeks – I mean, you know, what What else can be the issue? Kyler's good enough to, to, you know, get you into the playoffs, right? He's a good enough quarterback. He's above average, and and you're three and five. With the weapons that you have around you, that, that just can't happen. It's inexplicable. So I think Kingsbury is the problem in Arizona, and he's got to go. I completely agree. And on to our next game, um, Dolphins and Lions. I'm telling you what, man. This game went exactly what I thought, man. We got to fire Aaron Glenn, man. He's the worst defensive coordinator in football, man. Tua looked okay. Waddle looked elite. Tyreek looked elite. Gasecki did the world's dumbest touchdown celebration again. Listen, the Dolphins handled business, but the Lions can score. Um, They played better. They just couldn't make a stop. Yeah, and I think that comes down to Dean's corner. I really think they got to go get somebody else. Aaron Glenn, I think, is over his shoes, man. He he's bad, and that man was even like meant to be said. 
Yeah. It's crazy how much of a difference bringing in a guy like Tyreek Hill is, right? Um, Tua was, I, I think at the end of last season, we were kind of questioning whether or not he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. They bring in Tyreek this offseason, and, I mean, look what he's doing. I think in games that he started, they're undefeated. Uh, when when Tua started, the Miami Dolphins are undefeated, and and I think they could be a serious – you know, if you played them in the playoffs, you know, you can't be happy, right? You can. All right, we're going to try to do a fun challenge for these two games because these two games were fucking atrocious. <laughs> Titans-Texans, all I'm going to say is all hail King Henry. Just, just, just come on, 180-plus, two tutties. That, that's all we need to talk about there. Yeah. Derrick Henry is back, and and hopefully, you know, this is kind of what he needed to really kind of get the gears going and sort of, you know, hit that kind of that, that comeback trail, right? Um, sort of was looking shaky through the first, you know, probably six weeks, seven weeks, and it seems like maybe now he's kind of hitting his stride and, and really, you know, may pick things up going forward. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see more Malik Willis, but I get it why they're basically keeping him under wraps. Talking about under wraps and dumpster fires, the Indianapolis Colts, ladies and gentlemen, the Sam Ellinger experience wasn't that fun. We're back. You know, Sam Ellinger still sucks, guys. I, I mean, the fact that I, I, we need to have a Nick Foles experience soon or else this, this season's lost for them. Shout out to the Commanders for scoring the last drive. But when I saw number eight not take the handoff and I now rest all of my fantasy points and hopes and dreams on Hayden Hurst's ginger shoulders, I'm scared. I'm scared a little bit. But um, Commanders got the squeaker at the end. God damn, the Colts are bad. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Henneke versus Sam Ellinger. I mean, who cares? It's so – it's like, are these teams yeah. trying – Literally, that's the best doing? one sentence I've heard all season. Uh, this guy, Heineke and Ellinger. Wow. Thank God this wasn't like a freaking like Thanksgiving game, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, what what do you do, right? What do you do? Why do you even watch these games if you don't have someone in fantasy or if you're not a Commanders fan or a Colts fan? I had Just B-Rob. Horrible. I had B-Rob. But the worst part was they didn't give him the damn ball. They gave the ball to Gibson more. Man, I, I really hate Ron Rivera sometimes. I really do. Um, Niners, Rams. The champs are dead. Champs are dead. The champs are yes. dead. That, that's all I gotta say, man. It, it's over. Yes. It, it, they look fucking terrible. I'm I'm done. I'm done with this fucking team. I'm fucking done with them. I bet on them three times. I've lost every time. I'm fucking done. They're in Tennessee. They're my Tennessee and my Kentucky. I will always be wrong when they fucking play. Yeah. Um, the the Rams are finished. They're finished. And you know what? They they got a championship out of it. So you know what? Hang your hat on that, and that will forever that will forever stand, right? But but it's over. The yeah, the 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 dream is over for the Rams, and there's no coming back. I think Stafford is probably reached his peak i don't think he's he's the guy that he was last year and shoot i mean i i think that san francisco could probably win this division 
which is I you know what honest to God I think it's gonna be a dog fight of San Francisco and Seattle God it's like we're back in 2013 again I think it's San Fran versus San Francisco I think listen we're gonna talk about Gino in a second dude he is my like my spirit animal this year they still ain't right back like I love there's a couple of teams that I'm just loving rooting for this year and Seattle is one of them and we're about to talk about them next ironically perfect timing. But I think CMC has finally gelled. It took a game, but he's in that offense. Ayuk is looking better. Anybody seen Debo? He around? He alive? Like, is Debo still here? I've never Kittle's seen a look- man's role get taken away so fast by a guy in a different position. And it's hysterical. They just paid this man all this money. They went and got, went and got McCaffrey. And I'm laughing yeah. my Kittle's, ass off Kittle's looking it. better. Oh, yeah. McCaffrey is here. I mean, he is just McCaffrey when he can stay on the field, when he is not injured, he might be the best player in the NFL. He might be the best non quarterback player in the NFL. Definitely. Um, the, I wouldn't is, say best, but he's definitely the most versatile. Yes. Yes. And, and honestly, having him and Debo on the same field in the playoff game. That that is not what you want to see if if you're you know an Eagles fan. You know what? Listen, I'm good with what we got, bro. I, I'm I look at the Niners. I'm like, all right, boys, come to the East Coast. Let's see what happens in that snowstorm. Baby. All right, hey, hey, Let's hopefully, hopefully we'll get that in January. Yeah, hey, I would I would love as a neutral in that specific game. I'd love to see what would happen because you got a, an awesome dynamic player like like Jalen going up against guys, you know, like CMC and Debo Samuel. So never I, hope, I hope we get that playoff game. I, You know what? We might. And the thing is, if the I will say this, if the there a lot of teams should hope that either Minnesota or Dallas catches up to Philadelphia because if Philly gets home field advantage, I'm telling you right now, the link December 15th through February 18th is a fucking nightmare to play for a home away team one my brethren eagles fans we are even rowdier the second december 1st hits two the rain the nastiness that field gets a little groggy for some reason only the eagles players look fast on that field and it there's just something weird that that, that stadium has like this weird allure to it the eagles are at home especially in the playoffs it just looks a little like ugh, it's like shit like i don't want to play here just ask the Vikings how that went when they were the team of destiny and 2017. Either way, um, moving on. Giants, Seahawks, this game lived up to the billing. This game was fun. This game had turnovers. This game had special team fuck ups. This team had Geno. I love Geno's. My sentence is Geno Smith, I love you, you beautiful bastard. I, we're going to start a new segment this week called Who You Buying a Beer For? I have two nominees. Jalen, uh, not Jalen, but sorry, force habit. Uh, I am buying a beer for Geno Smith and AJ Brown are getting my beers of the week because here's the deal. I'm buying you both the most expensive beer on the menu. AJ, you dominated every single, every single time you caught the ball. But Geno, man, you are a lightning rod of energy for that Seattle team, which we thought you and Kenneth Walker are like a breath of fresh air to that franchise, man. Like Seattle's fun to watch again. They have been abysmal to watch for years. 
oh my god, with DK Lockett and Marquise Goodwin. Like, it's a fun team to watch. Yeah, super fun underdog to root for. There's really not anyone on that team that you can hate on. And on the opposite side of things with the Giants, the Giants are only going forward. The Giants are only going to be as good as Saquon Barkley is in that game. If if the run's going to be completely shut down and he is not going to be able to do his thing, they're dead. They're dead in the water because Daniel Jones, he, he's, he's not good enough to win you ballgames. Um, Saquon, 20 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. Not horrible, but, I mean, Daniel Jones – 17 for 31, 176, no touchdowns, no picks. Thir- 13 points of offense isn't going to win you, you know, games in December and January. Oh, yeah. It's not going to happen. So they, they've got to figure out something where Daniel Jones can at least be serviceable and move the football. I completely agree. I will say this. Um, the shout out to Seattle for building overnight two elite rookie cornerbacks and Kobe and Kobe Bryant and I think Quandrill is his last name. But dude, these dudes are locking guys down. I think Quandrill's like second in the league in picks right now behind Gardner Johnson and um and I think Eddie Jack Eddie Jackson, I think is the only one who has a four. Um and then you have Kobe White, who, I mean Kobe Bryant, who is just locking dudes down. And it's, you know, it's a fun team, man. Like, they're not elite on defense, but they have good players. And they're good enough. They're not, they're not, like I said, I'm going to say it again. They're not elite on defense, but they have guys who make plays. They're not going to win the Super Bowl, but fuck, they're going to be a pain in the ass to put away. So, shout out to Petey. All right, that's the one sense game. We already talked to Nazim about the game, the Sunday night game. Uh, quick Monday night preview. The game's already started, obviously, but we'll just start, we'll take picks. Mason, who you got tonight? Um, I'm taking Bengals. I think they're the better team. I know Jamar's out, and we really don't know how long he's going to be out. But I just feel like the Bengals are are just better. Um, I know the Browns have a good defense. You know, I know Cleveland fans love it. But Brissett, we've seen all we need to see with Brissett, right? Mm-hmm. If they're not going to be – it's sort of a similar situation to the Giants. If they're not going to be able to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt or both, they're not going to be able to win football games. And I just oh. think the offense for – since he is too high power, even with Jamar being out, and I, I think they run away with this game. Give me Cincy and give me a Jamar. Ch- give me a Hayden Hurst touchdown to save my bacon in fantasy. <laughs> I got Kevin on the ropes, down by eight, and it's the end of the first quarter. I'm not sweating just yet. Um, quick five. Your five favorite Halloween candies. No order. Go. Top five. Let's see here. Um, so gotta throw Twix in there. I'm a big Twix fan. Uh, non-chocolate, you know, no, don't like these as much now as I used to when I was younger, but Sour Patch Kids are always good. Okay. like those. We'll go with Kit Kat. Kit Kat is good. Um, two more. Let's see here. Um, you know, can't go wrong with, with Snickers. Snickers is always solid. 
Mm-hmm. And for five, let's see here. Give me – you know what? Honestly, maybe like Almond Joy maybe. I, I know go. that people either love it or hate Listen, it. But it's you know not, what? I, I, I'm mid on it. I think it's a solid six and a half. I see – if somebody offers me an Almond Joy, I'm like, fuck yeah. We'll take it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, we'll take it. It's like it's like getting offered. It's like, hey, listen, man, I can't give you DK Metcalf this way. I'll give you Marquise Goodwin. Eh, fuck, it'll be good for a fun player, too. Yeah, um, absolutely. My, myself, I, uh, Hershey, anything, uh, anything, uh, the symphony, Hershey's Kiss, the Hershey Symphony Bar, with all the nuts and the crunches, it's white chocolate, it's so good. I'm not a big white chocolate fan like I used to be. I fuck with that and the, and the cookies and cream. Those are my, those are my, Tied for like a fifth spot, I guess. Reese's peanut butter cups, the OG. You yeah. can't beat it. For sure. Literally, I'm about to go drink a stout that's Reese's peanut butter cup flavored. Ooh. And it's beautiful. Um, gotta throw Twix in there. Big fan of the caramel Twix and the cookies and cream Twix. Underrated as hell. I'm gonna throw in also one candy bar that I love that people sleep on is a three musketeers bar. There's something just light about it. It's nice. It's easy going pop one back. It's kind of like, to me, it's like the same as to me. It's like a Milky way bar. Another one I like is a Snickers almond bar. You want to talk about underrated as hell. You get the flavor of the, you get the flavor of a Snickers, but you get a little more crunch with the almonds. I love it. Number one, the king of them all. I, I gotta say, just a good old fashioned Nestle Crunch Bar. Very solid pick. Solid. It's always gonna taste good. It's just, it's a solid kicker. I love it. Um, honorable mention. I definitely love Kit Kat. I had the, I had the blue, I had the blueberry cobbler one, the blueberry cobbler mm. Kit Kat the other day. It was. I'm not a big candy bar guy anymore, but I see a crazy one, and I almost forgot my actual favorite, um, because I already said Reese's. My one I forgot to mention is actually is my favorite is the Reese's. It's the Reese's Fast Break with the um, Reese's pieces inside of it. Mm. I can't remember what it's called, but it's absolutely amazing that all the that and the Reese's Fast Break, like that's the reason I gained weight post. Um, post uh my job at the insurance company at my moving company job i had for like three years i literally would stop and get a fast break every morning at the gas station i wonder why i had no money at the end of the year it's two bucks here two bucks there but those things are fucking addicting but ladies and gentlemen that wraps up for the corner booth episode 230 actually so congratulations to us made 230 episodes in which after all the live streams we're probably over 300 episodes total at this point um well, holy shit we actually think yeah, uh, it is actually our five-year anniversary. No, four-year anniversary today. This episode is our four-year anniversary. So, Mason, I'm happy you were able to come on and make it today. I just yeah, I love it. Our actually, November 2nd. So, actually, no, shit. Thursday is our four-year anniversary. This is our four-year anniversary for the actual, like, podcast podcast. But uh, Mason is, I think, my seventh different person to co-host with me with fill-ins, um, interns co-hosts everything else happy you could be share this with me a special moment 230 episodes in we hope you guys have a great week uh let's pray for mason sanity that the world series plays tomorrow and uh we will see you guys thursday mason anything you want to say to the folks before we see you next monday 
Nothing besides go Astros. I know everybody hates us, but um, hoping for for my own sanity, like Jared said, that we can uh, we can wrap up this series and get a win, just so we can solidify and and, and throw away all of the sort of cheating hate and um, yeah, hope they can get it done. Really, really wish they would have played tonight, but hey, hey, would, listen, would love for them to get it done. Maybe in Philly. Hey, maybe. Listen, let's, the only there's only one good thing about Houston winning is that apparently if the if Phillies win, there's going to be a recession. Even though, right? What do you call what the hell we're dealing with right now? I just paid three sixty five for gas yesterday. Our gas, our gas was at two ninety five, uh, October first, and it's going to be probably four bucks by Thanksgiving. Hey, listen. <laughs> Hey, listen, Biden wants to keep jacking them prices up within four years. Nobody's going to want him back in the White House. All right, that's all I got to say, ladies and gents. I hope you had a great Monday. Happy Halloween to all you people who went out trick-or-treating. We will be last night by the time you hear this show. We appreciate you stopping by. We've been an hour and 20. Oh, yeah, I got to go. I got to eat some more food. I will catch you all on Thursday for the live show. A few special guests and a big, big, big six-pack. Have a good week, folks. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.